Welcome to A Certain Age, a show for women on life after 50 who are unafraid to age out loud. I'm your host, Katie Fogarty. I think the world can be divided into two kinds of people. People who enter the pool or the ocean gingerly, dipping a toe in, wading in slowly, racing against the cold. And then there are people who race to the edge of the water and throw themselves in. My guest today is somebody who makes a big splash. Amy Schmidt is a podcaster, a TEDx speaker, and author of Cannonball, fearlessly facing midlife and beyond. And Amy did it all after 50 and after years as a stay-at-home mom. I am thrilled she joins me today to share how to cannonball into midlife with confidence, grace, and humor. Welcome, Amy. Hi, Katie. Thanks so much for having me. It's going to be so much fun. I know. I love that intro. Oh. I, I'm picturing the whole cannonball thing already. I do it every time. I love it. Jumping off. Exactly. I love you and your spirit. I'm so excited that this is happening because we've been talking about it for a while. And uh, before we, we dive in, and I, I'm definitely going to stop with all the bad uh, puns, uh, I introduced you as somebody who makes a big splash. But when uh, listeners read your book, when they listen to your podcast, and they hear your TEDx, you are very clear that you evolved, right, to become somebody who cannonballs so openly into pool and into life, that this confidence came over time, and, and frankly, as you aged. I would love it if you could open up by sharing a bit more about your personal story with the listeners. Mm, absolutely. I love that. Yeah. Thanks for asking that because you know what? I am a total work in progress. I say that in my book um, and I continue to be a work in progress. You know, my story is not that atypical, um, not that unusual. It's, um, you know, I, I married my college sweetheart. We've been married for 28 years. Crazy. Can't nice. even believe that. And um, I started as a journalist, you know, ready to set the world on fire, um, that's what I wanted to do, moved to Indianapolis, started that, and then got married. And with that came three kids, 11 moves around the country and around the world, and a little bit of some stop me my track moments that were like, where did Amy go? You know, what, what's she doing? Uh, you know, she's a mom, she's a sister, she's a daughter, she's a wife, and where is she? That woman that was going to set the world on fire in, you know, 1991. So, you know, a lot of my story kind of parallels women that decide to stay home. My husband um, was moving. His trajectory of moves was like every two to three years max. And I kind of, <laughs> I say this often and so many friends say, oh, don't say that. But I, I kind of took on this role of traveling spouse. And, you know, we do that. We have to reinvent ourselves. We multitask. We reinvent. And everywhere I went... I looked at it as a new opportunity. Um, I was always a writer, so I could always write with the power of the internet. Um, I was very involved in every community that I lived in, uh, you know, volunteering on boards or for PTA or for sports clubs or whatever, coaching, all of those things I did. And then I got to a point uh, before I was turning 50 and I was sitting in my house and I talk about it often. I talk about it in my TED talk and it was quiet. And for me, that was like, that never happened. You know, you're never. a mom, Katie, you know how it <laughs> never, is. Never, never. <laughs> We're always busy. And it was quiet. And I thought, wow, I am completely needed now in a different way. But there's still so much more that I need to do, to give, to serve, so much more I want to learn about. So that's where this all evolved for me. You know, I looked at all of my past experiences and kind of just used all those to propel me forward to now live in what I call you know, it sounds cliche, but really fulfilled life, really happy. And I never really thought I would be saying that in my 50s. 
So that's kind of my story. It's such a great story. And I love how you shared that some of your friends said, you know, oh, Amy, don't call yourself a trailing spouse. Or maybe, you know, sometimes <laughs> yeah. we're embarrassed to admit, like, we're a homemaker or a stay-at-home mom. I have, right. I, my kids are 20, 17, and 13. I have left the paid workforce twice. I've been a stay-at-home parent at different points. And I think a big part of the appeal of your book, of your story, of your show, of your TEDx is that you you know, are truly honest about about who you are and, and what you've been and the, and the journey that you've walked on and that you're not trying to hide it. But I, I know that uh, returning to work after a career break, returning to professional uh, ventures like podcasting and authorship, it's, you know, scary and hard when you've been home for a while. Right. Um, right. How did you get the wherewithal to do it? What advice would you be giving to women who are listening to this, who are thinking, you know, 2021 mm. is my year to try something yeah. new and to return to work? Right. And just to answer that simply is just start, you know, those two words, just start, just do it. You know, what's the worst case scenario? How many times do we tell our kids, what's the worst case scenario? So you make a mistake. So you fail. You can always learn from that experience. And with failure comes more confidence. So that would be my, my advice to say, you know, just start wherever you are. Don't wait for it to be perfect. You know, uh, that whole vision of cannonballing off that high dive. I mean, can you imagine, you know, jumping off uncomfortable, yeah, wrapping your arms around your legs. And is it going to be pretty? But I always say you got to start ugly. And you make the splash. And, you know, you, you just you have to do it. So who's ever listening, please just start. It doesn't have to be a podcast or a book. It can be getting out of bed and walking to the mailbox and saying hi to a neighbor you may never have done, you know, have done in the past. It's that type of thing. You know, for me with my podcast journey, it was it was really a bit scary because I think and I looked back and I had Nancy Davis Co on to um, my podcast a while ago. And I know she, you know, you asked this great question about what you feel like as you age. And she said, she said the word relevant. And Such a good I think word. there was a point, which I love, you know, I love that because I think as women, sometimes we tend to feel like we're becoming irrelevant and outdated. And uh, I had a bit of that when I, when I thought about doing this podcast, I wasn't a podcast junkie. I wasn't a listener. Um, I really didn't know how to do it. I, I didn't have any clue, the equipment or anything to start, but I knew I had that journalism bug and I love to interview people and have conversations and learn from each other. So I knew I had that part, but I needed to learn the technology. And, um, you know, I, I, I say it often, but I, and I also say it in my TED talk, you know, the first time I went to record my first episode, which is over a year ago, I forgot to push record. <laughs> and seriously, Katie, if you would have seen me after I did this whole monologue, you know, it was just me talking. It was like, oh, I'm going on and on. As you can see, I'm a talker. And, you know, I get done with it. And I'm doing my little happy dance thinking I just recorded this award-winning podcast. And then when I go to look for the audio file, it wasn't there. And oh I'm my. like, are you kidding me, Aim? I mean, why are you thinking you can possibly do this at 50? But I bet that's a mistake you, know, you never made twice, right? You you know, you yeah. have to be uncomfortable. You have to screw up in yes. order to, you know, keep going and have, you know, uh, progress. And I think the world we live in right now, I mean, you know, we're sitting here doing this via Skype. I mean, you know, Zoom. I mean, we all should have bought stock in Zoom. I mean, I can't tell you how many times over the holiday my husband and I said, boy, we could be like on a on gazillionaires. A Yes, yes. What were we thinking? But, you know, this whole technology thing, we have everything at our fingertips. So as a woman right now, there's nothing that's in our way of stopping us. It's to get past that fear and say, you know what, it might take a while. But my advice is embrace being a novice. Just embrace it and continue to learn and challenge yourself. And that's how you that's how you break those barriers. And I, I can't tell you, it's, 
you know, I share this space with you and I know there's amazing women out there that are doing things over 50 and we're just getting started. You know, we really are. This is exactly how I found you. Amy's wonderful podcast, by the way, is called Fearlessly Facing 50. I will definitely be linking into uh, the show notes to it so you can discover it. She has wonderful, wonderful guests. But I love your uh, mantra of just start because sometimes (laughs) I think what's in our way is ourselves, you know, and our inability to, um, you know, to face our fears, to be willing to be uncomfortable and to really get going. So for anyone who's listening, um, I love Just Start and I love Just Start Ugly. It doesn't need to be perfect. It just needs to get done. Uh, I really related to something you said a few minutes ago, Amy, where you talked about how you felt, um, you know, sort of a lack of confidence at different points during this journey and that sometimes when you're a stay-at-home parent, you begin to question whether or not you really have what it takes. You know, do you have the goods to get back in the game? And I remember very clearly years ago when my husband and I had young kids, we were living in Manhattan. Uh, Anyone here who's a New Yorker knows you go to cocktail parties, people ask you very annoying questions like, what do you do the moment they meet you? (laughs) And I used to just, I would go to my husband's work events and I would be dying inside because I knew eventually the group would look at me and say, what do you do? And I'd have to confess that I was home with my kids. And it was literally like, womp, womp. Like people would just like turn their heads. They had no interest in talking to you. If you were just yeah. a stay-at-home mom, and it was it, sort of demoralizing. So it's it's so important to yeah. uh, recognize that other people are having that exact same experience and that uh, you can get back in the game and it can be difficult. So w- what would yeah, you recommend so in terms of like, boosting midlife confidence? Because I know y- your book focuses on several different chapters about how you cannonball into life, how you face your fears, how you deal right. with things like perfections and changing relationships and navigating marriages. But you do have a very wonderful chapter on boosting confidence at midlife. And I would love to hear your thoughts on that. You know, I, I think that what we need to do as women, especially, you know, men too, because I know, you know, my husband will say, you know what, we go through stuff too. It's not just women. <laughs> but, you know, as women, that's such a great question. I write about it because there's so many times that people will say, oh, what do you do? You know, you're standing there. I, I'm at a corporate event with my husband or something. What are you doing? Well, you know, I'm just, yes. how many times do we start our sentences with, I'm just a stay at home mom or, Oh, I was just a teacher 10 years ago. You know, that whole doom and gloom thing. And we have to get past that. And the, the the strategy I have around that is is something I call the highlight reel. And I know we talked about it briefly, Katie, a, a couple a couple months ago when we were having a conversation because a friend of yours used something similar to that. And um, for me, a highlight reel is is looking back, not not looking back and, and saying, oh, remember when, but looking back and, and seeing what you accomplished. And thinking back to, you know, what you did at at 35, maybe you weren't working in corporate America at that point, but maybe you were managing a committee of volunteers and a budget of a million bucks. Maybe you were managing a project, uh, raising funds, all of these things and all of these stories, these experiences, these mistakes you've made all translate. And, you know, we really are the historian of our life. We're the keeper of our stories. We're the only ones that know that. So the first step for women listening in 2021 is is take some me time and you know fill the bathtub whatever it is go outside take a walk but go through and look back at what you've accomplished over these last decades write them down and see how that translates to propel you forward you know so you can feel confident 
applying for a job. You know, you look on Indeed and all of a sudden there's a, an application there for a job and it looks pretty good and you're thinking, oh, but I don't check all those boxes. But don't worry about checking all the boxes. Men never check all the boxes. Never. They apply anyway. You just never. need to check, never a, check at least half and then go for it. Absolutely. And and not to mail bash because, you know, that's that's just how they're wired. But as a woman, if you don't check all the boxes, don't worry about it. Apply. What Again, what's the worst case scenario? So I think building your confidence is really self-reflection, that power of self-reflecting. And even to go a little further with that and something I love, because, I, you know, we probably share this, Katie. I feel like Katie's a new friend now in my life, someone that I never oh. had met before and our paths have crossed and we share all of these commonalities. Use those anchors in your life, those friends that have that person that you can call and say, you know, what is it that you really like about me? Why did you choose me as your friend? And as awkward as that is, it's so fabulous to listen and absorb what that friend tells you because they say, you know what, Amy, you're really good at connecting people or you're really good at this. And all of a sudden, once again, there's that power of reflecting on what where you add value and use that, use that to propel you forward. So that's my building confidence strategies that I really try to incorporate. This is such great advice, uh, not simply for women who are looking to return to work after a career break. This is great advice right. for women Anybody. who are currently yeah. working, who are thinking yes. about a pivot or a next step or a new chapter, because you know, even very successful career women sometimes think I'm in a box, you know, and I, I can't stay, you know, stray from my lane because I can't add value over in the other lane. So the exactly. idea of, you know, looking back over your career history coming up with that highlight reel, asking a, a mentor, a colleague, a junior staffer to help weigh in. It's such great advice. And an exercise that I actually do with a lot of my clients when I'm doing my uh, career coaching and my LinkedIn work with them is to ask them to survey maybe a dozen trusted people in their life and ask for three words that describe their value. I've done this mm -hmm. myself. It's so wonderful because... You, you get this really gratifying list of words from people. And because you're only asking for three words, you're making it really easy for people to do. But you receive exactly. this wonderful list of words. And for me, when I did this exact exercise, every single person who wrote back used the word good listener. And it was really like a wake-up call. I was like, wow, you know, that's mm. that was so nice to hear. And it, it, I incorporated that language and that thinking into the all the, co the copy that I used on my corporate website, you know, about how I can really hear your career story and help you share it, you know. So mm. tap Love into that. the people that know you and your work well. I absolutely thank you for jogging my memory on that because that's such a wonderful and such a wonderful tool. Amy, another thing and that you're you said... Go ahead. Testament to, yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt you. You're no. a true testament to that because look what you're doing now. Yes, you know, I know. I love listening to, to people's listen. stories. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. a big it's, part it's of it. It's fabulous. I love it. So check the box right there on the old highlight reel because you are, that's a true testament right there. Aww. Proud of you. That's awesome. Thank you, Amy. So you are a good new friend. But one of the things that I uh, flagged in your book when I was reviewing it again before this call was your notion of being a good friend to yourself. Uh, yeah, which right. that just jumped off the page to me because earlier this month I spoke to my friend Leah, Lisa McCarthy, who's a wonderful and very, very uh, you know, mega successful corporate coach who works with clients at Facebook and Google and Nike and a whole roster of leading companies. Right. And one of her key uh, elements of coaching is that you should, like the most important relationship you have is the one with yourself. 
And a lot mm. of times women do not treat themselves the way they treat other people. We don't talk to ourselves the way we would talk to our children in a supportive, loving and nurturing way. We can be very critical. You know, so w- tell me a little bit more really? about, you know, <laughs> is it just me? Am I the only yeah, one? Exactly. Really? Oh, yeah. No, I totally agree. So let's talk so. about more about this because I know you touch on it in your book a little bit. I want to hear like, what does it mean to be a good friend to yourself and how might we put that into practice? Great question. I love that. And once again, I'm a work in progress on this. You know, it really is. But this has been something I've really been focusing on. And, um, you know, when you think about having people over back in pre-COVID, when we were having people over and entertaining or having guests for the weekend, you know, how do you how do you welcome those people into your house? You welcome them just with respect and with love and with kindness. So my thing is treat yourself as that guest of honor, you know, Make yourself that guest of honor and treat yourself with that respect. And like you said, talk to yourself as you would your child or your best friend. And that's so hard for us to do. Um, you know, the, the whole concept of, of being a good friend to yourself, I think also you have to, you have to position yourself in a position of power. And, and what I mean by that is establishing boundaries for certain things. And I think we learn that over time. You know, we can't always be the yes person and say yes to everything. We have to create boundaries. You know, whether that's, you know, as simple as not checking social media for a day or not checking it first thing in the morning to start your cadence off a little bit differently. Maybe that's a boundary you need to set for yourself to treat yourself a little bit more like that guest of honor. Maybe it's, you know, not answering work emails on the weekends. That's something that I've really tried to incorporate. And that's a boundary I had to set. Um, And that's something really simple that you might be able to relate to, too, is Back in the day, man, I would get an email or a text and I'd have to respond to it right away or I'd start feeling guilty about it. And sometimes I'd respond too quickly that it was too emotional or it wasn't, you know, well thought out. And so I've given myself now this gift of grace, this boundary of saying, you know what, I'm giving myself 48 hours, 48 hours to respond, I think is reasonable unless it's something with urgency. But, you know, those are establishing boundaries that can actually you're treating yourself better. You're you're taking some time for yourself. I think it's so important. And of course, that whole part of self-care, you know, not looking at what other people want, but actually what you need and how your cup is being filled. And I think that's a real transition for us as we age. It's very easy for us to say yes to a committee or chair an event that we've done for 10 years because we're like Mikey in that old life commercial. Oh, Mikey will do it. He always eats it or whatever. You know, <laughs> Amy will do it. She's done it for 10 years. Sure, I could do it. Sure. And I've got all the templates and I've got all the budget information. But is it for them or is it really what I need to do? And I think those are things we can start really thinking about as women as we age and just treating ourselves with kindness and respect and saying no when we have to. I love that. I think I honestly, when you look um when I look back over my life and I think of at times when I felt like a grown up, you know, there are things like turning 21 or getting married or hitting 40. But if I really had to parse this, I would say I became a grown up when I was able to say no. Seriously. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, your, your parents try to teach you to say no since you hit your teen years. But I, the ability to say no without right. feeling guilt is truly the hallmark of being an adult in my book. Yeah. That's so true. I agree 100%. And I think, you know, for us too with daughters right now, I know you have a daughter as well. And I have one that's a young adult that's that works every day. And I've, I've seen her through a, a completely different way because I see her working all these hours. She moved out of New York City until the office opens. So she's back home and she's seeing what I'm doing. And she's seeing at times I'm saying no to things. 
And I think that's going to translate to her as well. And uh, I think it's so important. I think what we're doing, Katie, in this space for our daughters, where they're seeing us talk about the challenges around aging and friendships and menopause and, and health and all of these things, relationships, it's, it's going to just pay it forward so big for, for our daughters. I really, I feel confident about that. And I hope one of their takeaways will be they don't have to say yes to everything. Absolutely. And th- 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 there's the possibility of reinvention, too, because I know that yes. uh, I love that yes. you talked about your daughter and how you're modeling certain behaviors for her, too. And I, I feel like I've watched my mother, you know, return to work and shift careers. And I'm showing that to my kids yeah. right now, including my son. I mean, I can I have two boys and right. I remember at one point driving my youngest to nursery school and I was driving him and we were talking about jobs or something. And he said, well, women like don't have jobs. And I almost swerved off the road. I was like, what are you talking <laughs> about? I'm like, you know, Graham's yeah. is a librarian. She works. We're going to school where your your teacher is a woman and that's a job. And your your pediatrician is a woman and that's a job. But, I, you know, I think that he, he was thinking of jobs in a very, you know, organized office kind of sense where you're yes. carrying a briefcase and you're wearing a tie. Um, yes. But that was the yeah. modeling that he had. And I was like, okay, once I like righted the steering wheel and like stopped my panic, I realized, you know, I had to be doing some messaging around this. So, yeah, uh, isn't that funny? Yeah, I had my son who now is 17. But, you know, when I he wasn't driving when I was writing this book. And I remember one time a good friend of mine called and said, you won't believe what Caleb said, because usually I was the mom to pick up everybody from sports practices or shuffle them here, there and everywhere. I love that. And uh, evidently, my son said, oh, I don't know if my mom can do it. She works now. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, well, you're like, I have always been working. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But I just think about that. And it's just funny. Yep. It is so funny. So, Amy, you talked about taking a podcasting later in life and really teaching yourself it, which I think is such an important thing for anyone listening who's who's thinking, you know, I want to I want to try something new. I mean, it's it's easy. It's never been easier to learn and do new things. Um, I would love to hear that what guest has really knocked your your socks off on the show or has shared advice that's changed you? Mm, Boy, what a great question, because I feel I I don't know about you, but after every podcast, I just get off and just uh, I, 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 you know, push the end button and I sit there and just feel so much gratitude for what these women have just shared with me because I learn every time I talk to somebody, I'm learning from them. But one of the the interviews, um, I have two, actually, if you don't mind, yes, I'll, I'll be please. brief on them. But um, one incredible woman, and I just read an article, I wrote an article from my blog about women that I really admire, because every year I do a, uh, my mom passed away five years ago, unexpectedly. And she was always she always had her house open to women always, she was just that social butterfly. And so every year I do um, a luncheon to honor her kind of a brunch. And so this year, we couldn't do it in person, but I just wrote about it. And it was uh, eight women that I really admire over this past year that have touched my life in a certain way. And I do that annually. But one one woman is a woman by the name of Victoria Knight. And Victoria's our age. She's um, lives in Florida. She's she's a mom of three. And her life completely changed uh, five years ago when her son, John Michael, had a stroke. Um, he was 18 at the time. He had just signed a Division One um, scholarship to play lacrosse in college. And he, Vicky told me about the text that he got uh, that she received and she was in the car wash or something. And all of a sudden it said, mom, I don't feel well. And from that, you know, it, it went on and uh, she has since published a book with John. John has something called John Michael has locked in syndrome. So she is his full-time caretaker. 
Wow. She has two other children. Um, it was When the Unexpected Happens. It's actually a, a podcast interview that we won an award for. Her story, uh, her voice, when she told the story, I just let her talk because it was one of those that I still, it brings goosebumps to me. Um, it has changed me in a way that I think about her so often. Not uh, in a way, I mean, she's a, she's a caregiver and, and for her son, but also for her other children and for her, you know, she's, she's, she has a full life and a busy life. And uh, when she shared her story of standing in the emergency room or in the ICU unit and looking at John Michael and he was not conscious, everything just, yeah, it just completely no, no idea that he had even, he would have locked in syndrome at this point, but this is about 48 hours in. She got a glimpse of herself in the um, emergency room window and she said, oh my gosh, who is this person in the mirror? I mean, who is this woman? And I think uh, for so many women after that particular episode, so many women reached out and said that they could, the message just resonated, how we as moms just try to put on that cape and put fear aside and just be there. And she knew at that moment when she saw that glimpse of herself, it wasn't the Victoria that John Michael knew every morning when he left for school and made her breakfast and made him breakfast and all that. And she she went home and put this cute little outfit on and cleaned up and took a nap and went back to the hospital. There was no change, but it was that moment that sticks with me so often, um, especially as moms. It's a very powerful episode. So I would have to say that that's somebody that I've learned a tremendous amount from through this journey. Um, Sounds she's amazing. courageous and brave and amazing. And of course, another one I would have to mention is May Musk, just because May is 72 and Elon's mom, of course, I had to ask about that. But um, she also just shared her story of being in a, a, a very uh, abusive marriage, uh, very difficult and really had to. She left in the middle of the night with her kids and, you know, and, and now is standing tall and went on to get advanced degrees in nutrition and is a model for CoverGirl. At 68, she signed a contract. And this woman has overcome so many things. So those two interviews uh, really do stand out to me and women that are our friends and our mentors and um, just incredible stories. Amy, I absolutely love those. I'm going to put them both in the show notes because I, I'm sure our listeners want to hear them. And I yeah, I actually you. follow Mae Musk. I, I can't remember when I first came across her on Instagram, but I... I followed her um, with her hashtag. I, it's like, uh, I think it's like 70 and just getting started or something. Yep. And she yep. like literally glams her way across the globe. She is she does. stunning and striking and smart and, and witty and a total blast to follow on Instagram. I had no idea. Somehow I missed this on your podcast. I will be tuning in. Two great, yeah, she's great. Two well, great those examples. Those are two real powerful ones. So sorry to take a little too much. No, time, I absolutely. Such I, I was incredible women. I was riveted. I, I hope others listen. Yeah, I, I really want to. I, re I really want to hear both of those stories, and I, I feel like for all moms who are coming, um, you know, sort of out of this COVID era, who can relate to. Um, re remind me of the woman's name whose son had John Michael's mother. Yeah, Vic Victoria Knight. And Victoria she has a book called John three sixteen. Yeah, Victoria Knight. It's uh, oh, it's just one of those that just I've had her on since, and I and you can read a little bit about her on the blog too about why I admire her. Just she's she's an amazing woman and um nothing nothing stops you know women we have a we are a force to be reckoned with and uh it's pretty incredible and i feel very lucky and grateful to you know cross paths with these people that share their voice and their bravery and their stories because it 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 really it's it's incredible 
it inspires us to to keep going, even if we're not tackling things that are that is hard. I I also right. think it kind of reorients your brain sometimes because we've the past few months have been so challenging on so many levels. But you realize that other people are really just struggling with things that um, are, are so powerful and challenging, and it, it helps to remind you that your your own life it, it's that saying that you would rather carry your own burdens than somebody else's. And so it, it's, mm-hmm. it's just a great mm-hmm. reminder. Thank you for sharing that that story. Who do you have as a guest that you would love to have that you've not yet spoken to? Oh, man. Great <laughs> question. Oh, boy. Well, you know, I say it so often, Brene Brown. I, I love her. I have loved her for so long. I think she's amazing and has done so much for women um, just around empowerment and um, telling it like it is. So that's somebody I'd love to have on the podcast. Um she's she, yeah she's definitely one that is on my wish list you know i kind of have my list of of my uh, people that i'd love to have and she's she's top of that list she she should top any list um yeah she's and, pretty amazing and, and, yeah, and i feel like i feel like you know it's so funny because I, I i mean her, her the books i have of hers are dog-eared i listen to her podcast i mean she's just a really cool authentic and i think we talked about authenticity too a little bit you know it it's very important to be authentic in this space. And I think people know, especially as podcast hosts too, you know, they're going to stay for the host, to be honest. And when they can relate and they know that the content is relevant and good and, uh, and all of that. And Brene is just like, I swear she could be on this with us right now. And it would feel like we knew her forever. She is such a gift. And I, and I, I agree the podcast that I love listening to, you feel like the host is a friend or that you're having a conversation yeah. And, and and frankly, in, in COVID times, I f- find myself relying on podcasts more than ever before because it is so hard to see people. And it is right. hard to be in a room full of dynamic, amazing women, which is my favorite way to spend, you know, time. Uh, I'm doing a Zoom book club tonight, which I'm excited about. But I'm, you know, I'm getting a little tired of Zoom. Um, yeah. So podcasts yeah. just feel it just feels more intimate. It feels like you're part of a conversation. It feels like you're part of a community. And I absolutely adore um, being in the space, and I, I, I will say, as much as I, you know, wish COVID had never happened, the, this podcast is a direct outgrowth of, of the pandemic, of needing to find a yep. creative outlet, of, of taking this sort of, I want to call it a gift of time because I feel like I've been like, you know, it's just been so much work and so many disruptions and changes and stress yep. and worry and anxiety. There's not a single person on the globe that hasn't felt anxious around this time, but it's, it's, it's forced me to do new things. And and the podcast is one of them. And I'm choosing to be grateful for that. You're Um, thriving. I think it's fabulous. Keep going. You know what? Keep going. I remember (laughs) sitting at a a podcast uh, convention a couple of years ago, before a year and a half ago, something like that. And talking to a group of women who had been thinking about starting a podcast for years before, and they go to the conference and they get all this information and then they're too scared to start. So I'm proud of you for starting. You know, you're good at what you do and you bring so much value. So um, you got to just keep going. You know, we just got to keep going. Thank you for saying that, Amy. And that, I think, is just like so beautiful that you share that because, you know, it's we have to, you know, bang other people's drums and share them on. And I really appreciate you saying that, that. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I have a big goofy smile on my face, which only Dave, our audio guy, can see. <laughs> can see, but I love it. Thank you, um, Amy. I have so loved our conversation, and I know we're gonna we're gonna keep it going because Amy and I have a 
something we're, we're cooking up in terms of having her come on and, and talk a little bit more about her book and in depth, perhaps an Instagram Live or Facebook Live. So stay tuned. You'll be hearing more about that from me. Um, so, you know, we're going to keep this going, but we're, we're getting ready Absolutely. to wrap up this show. But before we do, you know, you've shared great resources. I'm linking to those, your podcast, your book in the show notes. I, I'm wondering if there's anything else you want to let our listeners know about, about what you're up to or a resource or tool you think they should know about before we close. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I've got a lot going on this year. I, I'm doing a live show now too, which is great. I'm doing uh, you know, one with Jean Chasky coming up on finances. She was on, she was one of my first episodes over a year ago and talking about finances as we reboot with some confidence in 2021 for women. Um, I'm doing a great career comeback thing with Katie and Jenny Brzezinski. That's going to be awesome. So all those things you can find on my uh, website, which is fearlesslyfacing50.com. 50 is spelled out. You can find me on socials. You know, I try darn hard to keep up with all the social <laughs> stuff, but man, it's hard. And sometimes I step away, but I'm, I'm pretty consistent. Um, Amy.k.schmidt. Uh, Katie will put it in the episode notes. You spell Schmidt the German way with the DT. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Fearlessly Facing 50 on on Facebook. Um, and you know what? Just reach out to me. I, I, I do give myself that 48-hour rule, but it's Amy at fearlesslyfacing50.com. Um, I always like engaging with my community. You know, I get some great show ideas from that and everything else. So um, just lots going on. So so check out the website. And of course, just follow me, especially on Facebook. I'm, I'm pretty active on there with things that are upcoming. I love it. Thank you so much, Amy. It was such a treat having you on. That was fabulous. Look forward to the next time. We'll see you soon. This wraps A Certain Age, a show for women over 50 who are aging without apology. And this also wraps our January shows and our month-long theme of Reboot. All January long, A Certain Age featured guests with ideas and inspiration for rebooting for the new year. Show one, Lisa McCarthy, offering a simple tool for crushing your 2021 goals. Show two, Dr. Vonda Wright, an expert on active aging, mobility, and fitness, shared strategies for exercising smarter to reverse those signs of aging. Lifestyle and wellness expert Renata Joy coaches us on show three on how to feel young, strong, and sexy. More of that, please. And the fabulous Amy Schmidt now has us all cannonballing with confidence into a new year full of possibility. Join me next week as we kick off February and explore love from all angles. I'm joined once again by Dr. Anita Sadati, whose appearance to talk menopause and toxic rage was the most downloaded show from season one. Anita joins me to talk sexual intimacy, arousal, and self-care for your lady parts, which is obviously a cannot miss. See you next time. And until then, age boldly, beauties. Beauties.